0: This week on Wealth Track, why portfolio rebalancing tops Christine Benz's annual financial to-do list this year. There's no telling when value stocks will undergo a sustained
1: recovery, but I think it's a safe bet that if you have neglected that portion of your portfolio, you might want to consider topping up some of those positions. And then the international relative to U.S. Uh, performance is also something well worth
0: looking at. Morningstar's personal finance guru this week. On Consuelo Mack Wealth Track.
1: Funding provided by Morgan Le Fay Dreams Foundation, Clearbridge Investments, Royce Investment Partners, Matthews Asia, First Eagle Investment Management, and Strategus Asset Management.
0: Hello and welcome to this edition of Wealth Track. I'm Consuelo Mack. 2020 was a year for the record books, a once in a century global pandemic unprecedented massive monetary and fiscal stimulus, a brief deep recession, and the shortest bear market in U.S. history, a record-breaking stock market rally, the continuation of near record low interest rates, and the election of a new president with a very different policy agenda. It was also another year of extreme divergences in stock market performance. Once again, stocks way outperformed bonds, U.S. stocks sprinted ahead of international ones, and growth out-distance value. That divergence means the composition of many portfolios has changed dramatically. Morningstar's personal finance guru, Christine Benz, provided us with some examples. A portfolio of 50% U.S. stocks, 50% high-quality bonds 10 years ago would now be nearly 75% stocks and less than 30% bonds. A portfolio with a 50-50 split between U.S. and non-U.S. stocks a decade ago would now be about a 70-30 split today. And a portfolio with 50% U.S. growth stocks and 50% U.S. value stocks 10 years ago would be more than 60% growth and less than 40% value today. Portfolio rebalancing is just one of the actions on Christine Benz's financial to-do list this year. Morningstar's director of personal finance is joining us for the third year in a row to help us get in personal financial shape. Ben's a WealthTrack regular, is an acknowledged personal finance guru. She has held the title of Morningstar's Director of Personal Finance since 2008. She is one of the most productive and helpful people I know. She writes daily personal finance columns for Morningstar, does interviews and podcasts, and is the author of several books, including 30-Minute Money Solutions, a Step-by-Step Guide to Managing Your Finances, and also the Morningstar Guide to Mutual Funds, Five-Star Strategies for Success. We started the discussion by asking her if the events of 2020 call for any big changes.
1: Well, there are a few things that I think people should have on their radars for 2021. One is that we did have a big recovery in the equity market, part of a long-running rally in stocks. So I do think that for people who haven't shifted around the contents of their portfolio, if they've been nicely hands-off, they've enjoyed growth. But I do think it's time for many people to rebalance their portfolios. And that's particularly important for people who are getting closer to retirement. They need to make sure that they have at least some safe assets in their portfolio. So that's one thing. We've also seen yields drop through the floor, seemingly, where we've got really low yields today. And then potentially, you know, we may see some tax changes down the road. So while it's usually not a great idea to be too preemptive in terms of thinking about tax positioning or what may or may not change in Congress, it's nonetheless something to have on your radar as you're Thinking about 2021.
0: So let's talk about the retirees and the pre-retirees. You know what you just said. If you're getting closer to retirement, you need some more defensive uh, investments and you know safer investments. So, but again, given you know the low interest rates, uh, where do you go for safer investments that you're you know you're not going to basically lose your purchasing power?
1: Right. It's a a really important question, which is one reason why it's such a hard sell (laughs) to get people in retirement to part with their equities to buy bonds, which, as you say, have, in some cases, negative yields on a real basis.
0: On a real basis. Um, Mm -hmm. But the
1: basic idea, I think, when you're structuring your in-retirement portfolio is that you want to have some safe assets that you could draw upon so that you wouldn't have to touch your equity assets if they saw a big decline. So I like the idea of retirees who have the wherewithal to do so, holding actually 10 years in maybe a portion would be in liquid reserves, as well as in high quality fixed income assets. Yes, yields are really miserly today, but the idea is that those assets, especially bonds, have historically been good ballast for equities. So when equities have gone down, they've typically enjoyed a little bit of a bump up in terms of their value so if you can swing it i like the idea of holding 10 years worth of of portfolio withdrawals if your plan is tighter maybe you'd want to shrink that a little bit but you'd still want to have a good buffer of i would say five to seven years worth of living expenses if you possibly can in cash in high quality bonds
0: high quality bonds You're, are you talking about index funds are you talking about mutual funds you know but put on put on your you know, your hat as you have been of of, uh, analyzing uh, mutual funds for years. Right.
1: I would use a high quality short and intermediate term bond fund. Uh Uh, It could be an index fund. In fact, when we look at the asset classes that have a low correlation with stocks, the Bloomberg Barclays Aggregate Index actually has a super low correlation with equities in part because when equities are sliding, people view the index, which has a healthy dose of government bonds, as kind yes. of a safe haven. Uh-huh. And so an index fund is a great way to go. Or you could use some sort of a managed fund. In Morningstar, At Morningstar, we separate these funds into two big groups. One would be intermediate term core, and then one is what we call intermediate term core plus. And the core plus tends to own a little bit of high yield, not much, but a little bit right. of high yield, maybe a little bit of non-US bonds. They've historically had better returns, but they're not quite as attractive as ballast for equities as would be those intermediate term core funds.
0: In my introduction to you, you know, I gave the examples of what's happened to different types of portfolios over the last 10 years. And thanks to you, because it was your research but it was really interesting because of the extreme divergence um, in between stocks and bonds, and you know, U.S. stocks and foreign stocks and everything else. The asset allocation in our portfolios has changed a lot. So, what, what, what would you recommend for you know, the stock portions uh, for retirees and pre-retirees? What they do with those?
1: I think they should definitely revisit their portfolios intra-asset class exposures, I like a tool that we have on Morningstar called X-Ray, where you plug in your portfolio holdings, and it'll show you how your portfolio is distributed across our style box. So you can see on the sort of value blend growth spectrum, how your portfolio is arrayed, as well as how much you hold in small, medium, and large size stocks. And Mm -hmm. so for people who have been paying close attention to their portfolios, they know that it's that sort of large, mid growth part of the style box that has performed tremendously well over the past several years. So, see if you can't do some repositioning there. Uh, There's no telling when value stocks will undergo a sustained recovery, but I think it's a safe bet that if you have neglected that portion of your portfolio, you might want to consider topping up some of those positions. And then the international relative to U.S. uh, performance is also something well worth looking at international, as, as long-suffering holders of foreign stocks know, international stocks have really underperformed. That's another area where you could do some repositioning. And I would say I typically survey these asset class forecasts from various firms, Morningstar included, but also firms like JP Morgan and Vanguard mm-hmm. and so forth, to affirm they are forecasting higher returns for international equities relative to U.S. over the next decade. Right. So keep that in mind as you're looking at your exposures and keep the faith with foreign stocks.
0: <laughs> well, number one, a lot of those firms, and I won't name names, but generally you know, their forecasts have not necessarily panned out. And you and I both know that, you know, certainly value investors have been saying value is going to come back. I'm thinking small cap value is going to come back, and it's been a long road of underperformance. So help us, you know, kind of emotionally, um, you know, how we trim our winners, and they've been big winners. And go into the the stocks, uh, asset classes that have been losers. I mean, do we do, you know, very small, you know, kind of baby steps? Uh, What's your advice?
1: Yeah, I I like that idea. And and it's not either or. You do want to maintain exposure to large growth stocks. I mean, who wouldn't want companies like Apple and and Microsoft in their portfolios? You need them. So I would say it is a process of trimming. And for some investors, it might be simply a matter of redirecting your new contributions. So if you're still adding to your accounts, well, maybe stop contributing to those uh, holdings that have performed exceptionally well allocate the new assets to the underperforming holdings. So I would say radical is not the idea. Baby steps is is a great idea if you possibly can. Kind of dollar cost average into the positions that you'd like to enlarge.
0: Right. And the the same would go for retirees as well. Yes. Some of those winners just redeploy uh, some profits into the the laggard. Right. Make sure you're, you're better diversified. Tax planning, Christine. I mean, you know, we've got a new president, and uh, he's come in with some, uh, you know, pretty different proposals uh, than the previous president for uh, raising taxes. So, tell us what we should, uh, what we should know about uh, our tax situation.
1: Well, we'll we'll wait and see, and I do think it's important to to stay plugged into the news flow because um, there are potentially some changes coming. Although I think it will all depend on Congress and what what can go through Congress. Um, mm-hmm. Capital gains uh, has has been uh, the subject of discussion whether we will see a higher long term capital gains rate than is in place currently, and I think the thing I think about in that context is just how low capital gains rates are today relative to historic
0: norms. Okay, So recognize that, that this is is not
1: the norm. (laughs) Right. Right. Brace yourself. We could see some higher taxes there. There may also be some action in the estate tax front where we currently have a very high estate tax exclusion. It's nearly $12 per individual, which has effectively meant that the estate tax is applied to very few households. We might see that number come down down um there's also been a talk about doing away with the step up in cost basis that accompanies assets that are inherited uh by heirs and that means that if i inherit an asset say from uh, a family member mm-hmm. the my cost basis is the cost of the asset at the date of death and the change would be that the um the tax would depend on the purchase price, the original purchase price. Woo, and that's so you'd yeah, be That would be a seismic change would also be an accounting headache from tax professionals that i've talked to about this they think that this one's a little bit more unlikely simply because it affects so many more households than would be the case with changing the estate tax exclusion nonetheless plug into what's going on with estate taxes we could see some changes there
0: your point is don't do anything now you said watch the news flow so you you, so, so don't try to don't take actions anticipating these things kind of wait till they happen possibly are saying
1: I, I think I think it's important to rep, to remember that the broader trend is that we have very low tax rates today yeah. so some things like doing conversions to Roth, IRAs, for example, converting traditional IRA assets to Roth can make sense because you can take advantage of today's what we think are low tax rates to pay the taxes today in exchange for tax-free withdrawals down the line. I think that also embellishes the value of doing contributions to Mm -hmm. Roth accounts if you are a person who's still adding to your accounts. The fact that tax rates are low today relative to historic norms really does uh, underscore the value of, of making those Roth contributions versus traditional.
0: And, and I, I, some other things that you've talked about. So for taxable accounts, that there are things that we should consider doing as well that's just smart, uh, right. regardless of what happens with tax laws.
1: Right. Everyone's heard about a strategy called tax loss selling, where you're looking around for losing holdings in your portfolio. Another thing to consider would be tax gain harvesting. And that means what? Well, that means that if you expect that you'll be in a higher tax bracket in the future than you are today, you might preemptively sell some winning securities. You can reset your cost basis in those securities. You can even rebuy the same security because there's no wash sale for securities that you are rebuying. Mm -hmm. And, um, you can rebuy them, reset your cost basis to the higher level so that eventually when you do sell, potentially if tax rates are higher, your tax bill will be lower. And this is particularly attractive for people who find themselves in the 0% tax bracket for long-term capital gains. It's not a big segment of the population, and it's even a smaller segment of the investing population, but nonetheless, that's something to consider if you if you are in that Uh, long-term capital gains bracket where you're not paying any taxes to make changes.
0: You know, some people, because of the pandemic, uh, have found themselves actually in a lower tax bracket uh, because their businesses, their, their jobs, their income streams have been affected. What can they do?
1: Well, it's it's a good question. Um, they could consider doing conversions as well, of assuming that they have the funds to pay the taxes due right, on right. those IRA conversions, but that's a strategy for them. Some of the tax gain harvesting may make sense for people in that situation as well. Those would be a couple of the key things that I would call out because we do have a lot of people who are in temporarily low tax brackets because right. of the income disruptions that you cite.
0: And, and I guess another thing that you've mentioned is delay decisions that deliver a big tax benefit. So don't do it when, you're, you know, when your income is lower, but if, if you're going to you know, make a big charitable contribution or take a big you know, deduction, a loss or whatever, uh, to hold off on that until your, your income has gone up again
1: yeah that's such a good point that if you are in a low tax bracket, you'll get less bang for those deductions so if you expect for example you're you'd be in a higher tax bracket and you want to make a big charitable contribution, you may be better off doing that at a later date so this is also a good spot to get some tax advice if you find yourself in that situation
0: right you know you you mentioned some estate planning uh, changes ahead that we could we might be able to prepare for, but Another one, uh, you know, that you've talked about as well is that, you know, COVID has made the reality of of mortality uh, quite real for, you know, for many of us, for many Americans, and you're saying it's a good reminder, right, that, uh, that we should get our affairs in order? Right. I think so
1: often people hear estate tax and they think that estate planning is just for very wealthy individuals. It's for all of us. Right. We all have um, loved ones who we want to take care of and we want to make sure that our assets and our, our situations don't create Undue stress for them. So if you haven't updated your beneficiary designations, if you haven't gone to the trouble of of naming powers of attorney for health care and financial matters, all those things need to be done regardless of your level of wealth. And certainly for parents of minor children, making sure that you have guardianships in place. And also remember that these things change. Our lives change. People have children, they get divorced, they adopt children, lots of changes, and that can change what had been your well-laid estate plan in the
0: past may not make sense for you today. Right. Uh, Another issue that that you've uh, mentioned is it's a time to consider cost cutting. And again, the pandemic, you know, with things that we normally would have spent money on, we're just not and kind of reassessing um, the fact of of what we need or we don't need. So you're saying conduct a cost audit of your portfolio as well.
1: Absolutely. The late Jack Bogle used to say that in investing, you get what you don't pay for. And I think that that's just such a good piece of advice when you think about your portfolio. Look at every level of cost. And we've certainly seen investors being very cost conscious in terms of choosing index funds and exchange traded funds instead of active funds. But don't just stop there. Uh, Think about how much you're paying in terms of financial advice, and that can certainly be money well spent. But also just make sure that you're getting good value for your money there. Think about your tax costs, and we've talked about some ways to trim tax costs. But think about costs throughout your plan, because the fact is, you know, when you're looking at very low yields today, as well as the fact that U.S. stock valuations aren't especially cheap you'd be lucky to get kind of a 5% return on a balanced portfolio over the next decade. So everything you can do to try to reduce the cost load, that enhances your take-home return. So I think it's a great exercise.
0: Christine, one investment for a long-term diversified portfolio, what do you think we should all own some of?
1: Well, we talked about, Consuelo, the value of doing some rebalancing. So an idea, a fund that would kind of kill a few of these birds with one stone would be uh, Vanguard International Value. And this is a fund that I own myself in in an IRA. It's a fund that has a value emphasis. It's not the deepest value fund around, um, but it is a foreign stock fund. And we talked about the importance of lowering costs. This is an actively managed fund, but a very inexpensive one. So I think it's a fund that if you know that you need to allocate more to value, know that you want to have more in foreign stocks. This is a fund that accomplishes both those goals.
0: And I think Jack Vogel would probably approve.
1: <laughs> of, he liked the pure index investing. funds. So in, he does he like pure
0: index funds, you're right, but it is his the firm that he founded at any rate. Yes. So the low cost um, it still applies as well to their uh, to their actively managed funds. Christine Speaking of to-do lists, is there something different that you're doing in your to-do list uh, this year that you wouldn't normally have done in other years? Well, one
1: thing that's been on our to-do list for a few years now is to figure out a plan for long-term care. Um, so that's been lingering on my to-do list. I can't say I have a lot of good answers on that front. With my portfolio, I try to be quite hands-off and quite um, equity-heavy. Mm-hmm. So I try to um, not peak too much. But on the other hand, you know, i 10 years older than I was when this rally started. So I probably should begin taking some money out of stocks and and begin parking it um, increasingly into bonds, not cash yet, because I'm not quite ready to retire, but um, certainly probably need to get a little bit more fixed income exposure in my portfolio.
0: You know, and, and one of the things that, uh, that, that you've mentioned uh, in many of the articles that you've written is that, you know, when, how to factor in healthcare costs uh, into retirement planning. And you said there's a smile analogy. So explain the, how the costs are spread through one's retirement.
1: Right. My colleague, David Blanchett, heads up retirement research for Morningstar Investment Management, and he's done research on patterns of retiree spending. And he has noted that when you look at aggregate retiree spending over the life cycle from, say, age 65 through into the 90s, what you see is kind of that smile pattern. And it's pretty intuitive for those of us who have uh, helped older adults through their life stages. We right. know that spending early on in retirement is often higher for fun things, whether it's, you know, weddings for adult children or trips. And then it, it might tend to ebb down a little bit in the middle retirement years where maybe travel is still happening, but perhaps it's a little closer to home. Maybe uh, people who had two homes consolidated Down to one. So spending drifts down in those middle retirement years. And then in the later retirement years, that's where we see the upward trend, the other side of the smile, where we have higher health care costs, where many people do have not only higher out of pocket uninsured health care expenses, but also long term care expenses can kick in and be a big factor for many retiree households. You know,
0: Christine, having gone through the pandemic experience, which we're still going through. Have you done any sort of a pandemic reset? Is there a a change uh, that you're gonna make permanently, uh, either personally or professionally?
1: A couple of things, Consuelo. That's such a good question. One is I've been trying to get more sleep and I love getting more sleep. And I found, you know, without commuting, that it does give a little bit more leeway to get things done while also getting more sleep. So even if I return to a more frenetic schedule, my hope is to continue to make more time for sleep because it, I just see the rewards in doing that. And another thing that we've been trying to do is exercise every day in some fashion, whether it's taking a walk or I do yoga. Um, I want to i try to continue to incorporate that into my daily routine not just you know the four times a week so those would be a couple of things that I plan to incorporate on an ongoing basis and then finally I would say I've been spending a lot of time thinking about mindfulness uh, with respect to my activities and trying to make sure that I'm just not doing things rotely but really thinking about is this something I, I want to do do I want the tv on right now or whatever it might be just trying to be a lot more mindful and purposeful about my activities. And that's something I plan to continue doing after this pandemic is over, too.
0: Those are great ideas. Thanks for sharing them. Thank you. Christine Benz, thank you so much for joining us on Wealth Track. As always, it's a real pleasure to have you on.
1: Consuelo, it's always my pleasure. Thank you so much.
0: At the close of Every Wealth Truck, we try to give you one suggestion to help you build and protect your wealth over the long term. This week's action point is rebalance your portfolio. As Christine Benz told us, the extreme divergence among U.S. international and growth and value stocks means many portfolios are heavy in some areas and light in others. This is a good time to review, adjust, and possibly raise some cash to build up emergency funds in the process. Well, next week, we look at China's comeback from COVID with Robert Horrocks. He's Matthews Asia's chief investment officer. For those of you active on social media, continue to connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and our YouTube channel. Thanks for sharing your time with us. Have a super weekend and make the week ahead a healthy, profitable, and productive one.